the time is here, here and the are. time is now. As you may have heard on last Thursday's show that I did with the lovely Mia, our executive producer of The Hoist, I spoke about the ever-so-fabulous band Zen Monkey and the launch of their second album, Capital Theory. We were ever so lucky to have teased one of their tracks off of the album last week, but now I have, or we have, even better. Zach and I are now joined live in studio by half of the NAM Melbourne group, we have lead singer Chris and their drummer manager slash manager Harrison. Guys, how are we going? Hello. 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 How Hello. are you? I'm fantastic. Are you good? Yeah. Right. Sausage roll. Shoes are off. Shoes are off. In in that order. Perfect. Perfect. Dirty dude, right now. It's okay. We're here for dirty dudes. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right. So for those who have up until now been oblivious about you guys, could you please introduce yourself, the band, how you guys met, and what it is you do? Um, well, yeah, I'm Chris, and this is Harrison. And, yeah, we're <laughs> half of the band. Um, yeah, I don't know. Started Humble Origins four years ago, and, yeah, I don't know. Kind of got all canned from our jobs and whatnot during the COVID thing. We started before then, and had a couple of good lucky runs of shows and an album launch and stuff in between and then went back into the dumps and then wrote some more and now we're here. And now we're here celebrating second album. round two. Absolutely. Congratulations, guys, on this release. I have personally been a lover of this before it was even out because I got lucky enough to listen to it because I am friends with you. Mm, you It's it's an honour to be friends with these guys. Um, Zen Monkey. Where did the name spawn from? I've always wanted to know. You, you got this. It's your I name. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. You can do Where it. did that come from? Um, we were just like chatting and whatnot outside um, a factory where we used to rehearse at in Brayside. And I don't know, we we're just sitting on the lawn and Chris was just like going off on some weird rant and he was like, yeah, guys, like we're just going to become like Zen monkeys or something. And then I was like, oh, what about that? And then... Aiden, our bass player, was like, oh, but let's spell it with a double E instead of an E-Y. And, Ooh. yeah, that's pretty much how it came about. There was no, like, meaning or, like, you know, anything to do with it, behind it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that sounds sick. Everything um, attaches meaning after the fact, though. And, like, I don't know, it was, it was a pretty ridiculous way to name a band, just going out stretching after doing takes and then getting called a Zen Monkey and naming a band thereafter. But, yeah, I mean, we went through a few names. We were like... Yeah. Speed rack at one point. We were like pulp friction. Speed brothel yeah. profit. Brothel profit. Yeah. This yeah. is so much. Yeah. Pulp friction. Pulp I, friction. I really like pulp friction. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's very That's funny. Like everyone did, but I vetoed it. Yeah. I was I was all for it, actually. I thought that was a sick Still band Still not name. a bad band name. Do you guys That's recycle like what could have been band names into song names? No. No. Really. I have a list of both on my phone, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. just... Yeah. Have you ever written a song based around the title? Like you can't come up with a good title. It's like I can, I can squeeze a song. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I'd pop open my phone. It's just an endless. Like I mean, I've probably got about eleven to twelve good scrolls of my phone yeah, down wow. of just random thoughts and yeah. senseless things. Mm. And yeah, but no, I have done that. Yeah, mm. just kind of. If anyone listening is wanting a band name, I encourage you to take. You know. Those band those. names and make them. <laughs> I want to see them around Melbourne. 
No, it sounds good. Especially, yeah, especially pop, yeah. <laughs> Trade market. Yeah. So you've done the thing now. Now people are going to want to be brothel profit because it's it's the one. Yeah, that that's can't right. Be. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sick for like a punk rock band. Yeah, for no, all three absolutely. of our freak fans that are listening right now, some <laughs> yeah. Muppets going to name their band brothel profit, and I'm just going to go. I don't know. Find out where that band's playing. Firstly, give them a hug, and then yeah. Secondly, just yeah. I don't know. Go on a vendetta against it. That's my name. <laughs> no, that's fair. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and who are you guys inspired by and who are your influences? Obviously, you guys have a lot of influences into your sound, but yeah. who are the primary ones? Um, I don't know. It kind of started pretty, like, I don't know. The whole thing's been pretty geared towards the 60s, 70s, kind of that, you know, I guess rock and roll. Like, the first album was super trebly, like, really kind of janky, you know, really tried to delve into that. Yeah, psyche kind of sharp-sounding tellies and all kind of stuff. And then um, the next one kind of drew from a little bit more. I kind of felt that I went backwards off that first album. And, you know, it still has a lot to draw from that early rock and roll. But, um, yeah, I kind of paid homage to my childhood heroes, like, you know, just all that early new metal stuff that you can name. Yeah. I don't know, Linkin Park and Breaking Benjamin and Evanescence and Flyleaf and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, wow. You know, just that open, just... Bashing your guitar to pieces in Job D is essentially yeah, what what that this next album drew from. Touched with, you know, those, you know, political inclinations of the sixties and seventies and kind of It very much it very much says that too. Mm. Like every single track. Um, yeah, you guys need to listen to all our listeners need to listen to this because it really draws upon a lot of current things as well. And I know that speaking to you, Harrison, as well, um, that there's been a lot of themes raised in these songs that you guys have created that can be, I don't know, it can be sourced or put towards like any era in any time of politics. And it's, it's very cool. Mm. And I think you guys have really nailed, nailed that because yeah, it just, it's, well, that's yeah. all, that's all Chris. Mm. That's the lyrics. That's the meaning. I mean, the music yeah. is, you know, we're a big fan of the sound and everything. Cause obviously that's what was written first, but, you know, when Chris goes away with the album done and writes the lyrics for it, like, it's all him. So you, you know? guys write the music first and then come in with the lyrics. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just comes from jam sessions, whatever's yeah. good at the time. Like, the first album, like, we're, talk- we're here doing the second one, we're talking about the first one a lot. But, um, yeah, no, it was literally the first ten songs that came mm. to our heads. Yeah. Like, played the first thing that came to our heads. <laughs> <laughs> and we wrote a song and then we wrote an album and then the second one was a little bit more polished because we'd had more time and more experience to get to hone in and think about the end product. And even still, like, we ended up with a new bassist halfway through Luke and, you know, even... How did you guys go with the change in bassist? Yeah, look, we're just lucky Luke's, like, dead set the best bassist in the world. Like, Mm. I'm not even kidding. Like, a... Like, I don't care if you think you're the best bassist in the world. It's Luke. It's definitely Luke. Shinton. <laughs> yeah, I'm, look, I, I could be cussing Luke. a hell of a lot more on radio as well. I'm really glad I'm, like, thinking what I kind of... But, yo, Luke is the world's best bassist. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he's <clears throat> he's amazing. I've heard him. And, um, yeah, if you guys are lucky enough to catch one of Zen Monkey's shows, let's all give a shout-out to Luke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, bass fuzz. Bass players, absolutely. Now, what an exciting time for an entire outfit. Uh, Congratulations on the release of your second album. Did you want to give us a short rundown as to how the album actually spawned and what inspired you to create this specific album? COVID frustrations. Um, (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so we'd we'd already started writing before we even started releasing the first one. So we already had a couple of songs on the the afterburner and that turned up into like another towel fall and red flags and that kind of stuff. Um, So like we were already on 
par to like progress musically in that way um but yeah it was like solely lockdown you know it, it brought living in melbourne it just presented the cracks in the system that i think a lot of us started to cotton onto and realize so um yeah this album was born out of those kind of frustrations coupled with like started studying again blah 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 so just honing in and trying to crack the case on this thing we call society and yeah that's kind of where that spawned from it's just like that brainchild of frustration and writing songs and essays against government absolutely so did you would you say it's therapeutic for you to write to write songs in order to air those frustrations to yourself definitely but um when i've finished recording this album i was definitely of the headspace that you know it's kind of over being um you know pissed off at things after that you know i'd mm. as soon as as soon as the thing got put onto tape and we recorded it and it was done you know it was on the afterburner at that point you know and then um yeah you know just trying to change your perspective from you know entering that album and going into that contextually over a year and then coming back out of it then yeah it's um it can it, it's therapeutic but it's also it can be maddening as well yeah. you know yeah it's, mm. a, it's a double-edged sword in that regard yeah totally mm. No, of course. And how does it feel now to have this music out in the world officially? Sensational. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone's, I don't know, like, I've heard nothing but good things, and I suppose it's just... And you it, shouldn't hear anything yeah. but good things, because it's truly amazing. Yeah, right on. But like, I, you know, I, at the end of the day, I view it contextually, like, you know, look at any album, and, you know, we all have our favourites, you know, and this is why music is what it is, is because it's, you know, can be appreciated by all based on a lot of levels and... Um, well, music is very subjective. Yeah, totally. Exactly yeah. Right. That's it's... more so what I was trying to say. Yeah, totally. Sorry, I totally, like, <laughs> Englished you out then, but... Yeah, you did. No. <laughs> yeah. Unintentionally, unintentionally, but... No, it's music is so subjective and every listener gets something different from it. I mean, Zach and I were talking about the album beforehand and, Zach, you really hadn't listened to much of Zen no, Monkey is, before this. This is my first introduction. I, I listened to you guys on the train coming in. And um, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, nice. Thanks, man. Yeah. We yeah. got a new listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of listeners listen but now. Like, fan. It's, it's yeah. nice <laughs> to listen to a band and meet them on the same day. I don't reckon a lot of people can say that. No, mm. I'm pretty happy with that stat. Yeah, yeah that is I just, very, I very wish cool. I met Brothel Prophet. <laughs> <laughs> We're Brothel Prophet in spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> AKA, that's your Elias, right? Alias, yeah. Alias, Elias. No, I always thought it was Elias. I think it's Alias. It that is, makes it, so much sense. It's definitely alien. I've been schooled now. <laughs> no, we're getting English. <laughs> uh, it is such an interesting name, Capital Theory, and it can be interpreted in many different ways. Where did the name come from and what is its intended meaning? Hmm. Um, well, we, we had a few names and we had a few ideas bouncing around the studio. Um, this is kind of how we work, you know, <laughs> just do it on the fly. Like, we have a numerical the system. The best stuff comes from doing it on the fly. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the band's got a numerical system um, that we name all our things by. So I'm deviating, but like, you know, it's one to 20 at this point. Two albums, 10 tracks each, 20 songs. So mm. by the time we got to naming the album, we were like, album two, this is it. So um, when it came to naming it, I think we had more of an idea on what it looked like on a cover than um, the name of it. So um, when we're going down that avenue, then yeah, Capital Theory spoke out. Um, because I think in the writing process, we kind of, um, you know, we always wanted that big album um, from the get-go. So when you're looking at songs like Murdoch and the Moral Panic and Symposium, you're looking at these things, um, you know, that 
actively aimed to say something within the grander context of the album. Um, so, yeah, it ended up becoming this, you know, um, theoretical kind of musical hybrid thing. Um, and I think, yeah, when you talk about inspirations, like the question before, like Father John Misty is a major one. You know, you listen to his stuff and, you know, interact with his albums and his writings and what he says on stage. And it's just like it paints this really coherent, cohesive idea um, and just presents it in a really beautiful kind of humanistic light and that's yeah where capital theory originated from was the desire to kind of replicate that in a more aggressive more australian light i suppose yeah and yeah. you do that solidly um what music were you listening to at the time i guess both of you can answer this that inspired mm. the mm. sounds of this album uh king gizzard <laughs> <laughs> well that's an obvious one for you i mean um punch the tickety like the beats i essentially took a uh, strong inspiration from from King Giz. I kind of went into the writing process of the album with polyrhythmic ideas instead of just basic 4/4 four, four beats. So that's why the album mm. is not just 4/4. Four, four. There's like a lot of whack stuff going on and teamed with Chris's lyrics, I don't know, I think it just makes it a bit more interesting and a bit more maybe edgy, so to speak. But um it was good because it was like a different challenge, writing and recording as well in those signatures as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I was kind of listening to a lot of King Giz at the time, a lot of like prog rock, um, psych rock music, which is why there's such a psych shine to the album is because I think um, I was driving that so hard and um, everyone else kind of just followed suit but also added, you know, their own elements to it, which you can hear in it as well. It's not just me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I what would explain it. What about you, Chris? Um, I don't know. I bear the curses of, like, I don't know. The band is the be- beauty of the machine. It's the sum of its parts. I kind of, like, I don't really listen to, like, the, ang- the angry or heaviest that I'd go in comparison to the album at the moment is probably, like, I don't know, a wolf mother or a jet, really, like, mm. or a the who, or, you know, that's that's my kind of rock and roll, you know. it's That's the closest thing I can, yeah. sort of like, describe it to. Totally. When chatting to about it with people. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I find that the album's a little bit more alternative. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit, it has that, you know, sinister edge of the, you know, early thousands, 2000s. So. But it's also yeah. got, like, a bit of a new wave shine to it, you know. Yeah. It's not just stuck in the early noughties, totally. so to speak. Totally. But yeah, around the album, I was listening to Motown and like, I don't know, country and culture wall yes. and yeah, <laughs> jazz when I was studying. Yeah, I just love that, man. Yeah, the music that we listen to doesn't really sort of like yeah. feed into Translate the music that we make. It doesn't. Like, our yeah. bass player was into like, what, like, um, like R&B and like blue, uh, funk and, and yeah. blues, like Herbie Hancock and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like... Hard ass against like punk rock and everything. Chris was like his classic like sixties Woodstock era. Yeah. And then we wrote like just yeah. you know, some of the most chill songs, but also like some of the most like, you know, canned heat, cream, Jimi Hendrix type vibe songs as well. Yeah. I think just elements of everyone's personality just shone through. You know, meets halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Beauty of the beast, yeah. Totally. Um uh there's ten tracks in the album you mentioned before. And I think you touched on this briefly. Did you go into the album knowing you were going to have 10 or did 13, 14 fill out and you cut it down? Yeah, no, I, I think it was pretty much we knew that we were pitching for the album right from the get-go. Yeah. And as we wrote more, we kind of, 
knew what it, you know knew what it was trying to say knew where it was going to go so um yeah just as as it kind of came together like we didn't write you know the whole album start to finish like that's not how it happened it was like a couple of songs and you know tweak that this that and the other and it's like okay like you know it's starting to come together a bit so do you have yeah. a um an idea on album three yet? Because you mentioned that a couple of songs from album yeah. one have sort of leaked over. Yeah, we've had a couple of jam sessions already. Um, yeah. like yeah, you know, you just do. You know, you go into the room and you're just sick and tired of playing the same bloody ten yeah. songs. Yeah, no, that's fair. So um, yeah, no, we. It's we, a bit like artist burnout playing the totally. same songs. Totally. Yeah. Do, do yeah. you guys like to record the songs first and then get a real, like a real understanding of them, handling them later, or do you like to really understand the song, get it to its, you know? live performance and then record. Yeah, I, that's that's the way that we go about yeah. it. I'm I'm a class I'm classical man. Like, and this is what I was on about before. It's like it's lucky that Luke's in it because he had, you know, really good ideas coming to like you know, what his other band Nick Teenagers do, like, you know, a lot of pre-production going into the studio. Yeah. Like they know the sound, they've got their tone. It's all been worked out and it's a really polished thing already going into it. If it's yeah. great, awesome. You know, you've got your song done before you even start kind of thing. But um I'm classical, man. Like the yeah. more I can do live, the better, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's if you're not doing it live properly, then yeah, something's going wrong. So, mm. yeah, if it's just you know, like, yeah, tricks of light in the studio, then yeah, yeah you're not going to get it right on stage. So, that's really important. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And apart from the music aspect of it, which of course is incredible, um, I wanted to mention the insanity of talent that's actually mustered up within the album art. Mm. Um, something I'm always inspired by is actually visual assets that are attached to audios of the track. Can you describe to our listeners the album art? We're also going to post this so they can get a visual cue, but um, guide us through the process of its creation, who created it, and yeah, just give us a bit of background on that one. Um, well, this guy called Ethan Bowman, who I believe, I hope Ethan, I get this right, he lives in the Northern Territory. And, um, I just saw his stuff on Instagram one day and I was like, hey, we need an album made. Would you be down? Um, and he was super helpful, like did so many drafts and everything. Um, I think we had the idea that we wanted the album cover to be like of a Bible book so to speak and then have like the gold lettering and stuff yeah. like that and the imagery of it um just because it was like a capital theory textbook that was like yeah. the idea we told him that and everything um and he pretty much crushed it like mm. it was only a couple of drafts um you know the symbol of the um of the lady with the noose and um the sword and scales i think encapsulates the whole album yeah. Like, just looking at it, you, you read it. I mean, so you look at it and you go, okay, well, this album's not going to be, like, you know, a Blur album or something like that. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> It's not going to be an upbeat indie rock kind of well, thing. Well, yeah, it, def- it definitely aims to say something. And, I th- you know, it's fearless in that, you know. Um, there's a lot of creative risk associated because, you know, when you're looking at one half of the album, it's, like, this super upbeat, super, like, you know, almost palatable um, kind of rock and roll that... Yeah, it's great to listen to. Like, it's definitely been um, my favourite stuff that we've done so far. And then you listen, you know, to things like the title track and Murdoch and the Moral Panic and whatnot. And you just, you know, if you, I think this is the thing that I really enjoy about um, music that you've got to read into is like, if you're listening, it's all there. Um, and yeah, I don't know, really worked well for me and just being able to digest that. And when talking about the artwork as well, it's like, you know, bureaucracy is, you know, hung the hand of justice kind of thing. So. And yeah, like if you listen to the album, um, hopefully that rings true. But at the end of the day, once you've 
put it out there into the ether, it's no longer yours then, is it? You know, yeah, no, everyone just not. comes up and makes up and attaches themselves to however they want to and, you know, however people want to attach their feelings to my music is fine with me. <laughs> Do you have a favourite um, track off the album? Punch the Tickety. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Starts strong. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that I really, I really enjoy that first side of the album. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, punch the Tickety into... Um, Roll the, uh, roll the dice, yeah, yep. yeah. Simulation theory, yeah. It's just heavy hitting. It's like, yeah, I really, yeah. I really enjoy those songs. That's where all the energy comes into it, and then all, the, you know, all the brainy artistic stuff comes in on the B side, and um, yeah, Capital Theory was an incredible thing recording when we went in there. So yeah, yeah. Well, we can definitely tell you guys are passionate about the project. I mean, yeah, you yeah. can hear it through the music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it literally says that. Um, did you guys have any concerns or hesitations with the writing and release of this album, especially especially because you haven't released anything or an album since November twenty twenty? Yeah, there's always apprehensions, like you know, cost benefit analyses and all those you know, whether you things. can pull it off and who's got what time off where and I'll oh, play this show. Are you ready? You know, yeah, cuss, 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 <laughs> all the way home. And then yeah, you're always yeah. gonna have your apprehensions, but yeah, just grab it by the horns and wrestle that ball to the ground yeah i think yeah. everyone was in the same position as creatives like mm. we really didn't get our lives back until like early 2022 where there was certainty to just go out to a gig on a friday night and not think about covid or anything like that so yeah it wasn't just us it was like musicians all around the world really but I, um it was just kind of like let's just go for it Let's get back into it. You know, we've been in lockdown, in and out of lockdown for the past year and a half. You know, there is no rules. Just go for it. And that's what we did. Yeah, absolutely. And something all of our listeners that are local to Nam Space need to be aware of is your upcoming album launch gig. I'm so keen for it. Yay. I'm seriously so excited. Tell us more details about this show. Let everyone know where it is, when it is. Well, it's the newly repossessed tote, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a blast. What um, date is that? Yeah, 27th. Um, it's a Friday night. Yeah. Coming up, what, two weeks, two, three weeks now? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Perfect. Crazy. Yeah. So no, what you time are we in? for it? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. keen. Nervous? Nah. Uh-huh. No, I don't get I don't get good jitters anymore. You just go in and you do it, man. And it, uh-huh. like, yeah, just go in and have fun. Like, yeah. but you don't put all the extra layers of pressure on it, you know? Just yeah. go up there, have a good time, like. Yeah, and just as long as you're feeding off the crowd and you know getting them moving, it's mm. anything that matters, man. And are you guys playing the whole album back to like? Yeah, start to finish. Start yeah. Finish. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so on that on that first gig, yeah. Maybe a couple of oldies as well. Yeah, for sure. Great. No, can't miss out on yeah, some of those other ones. Which are the Dareth not named? You're just gonna come to have to find out which ones we played. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know you're gonna yeah. get a whole album. I'm not gonna give you spoilers. <laughs> no, of course, of course, and. Yeah. Yeah, we hope to see as many listeners there as possible. And I do have to wrap this one up now, but where can people find you? What's your social media? What's your, yeah, what's Z- your things? Zen Monkey Band on Insta. Yep. Perfect. Zen Monkey on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, band. Pretty much the same thing Zen on Monkey YouTube. On, yeah. Do we have a TikTok? Uh, <laughs> we do. do. We, have a TikTok? we do, but it's it's not doing well. So That's okay. if you can help us, help us. Not that we really care. Maybe someone can animate us a stupid thing and write us a hyper pop song. Yeah. Actually, no. Here it is. Chris's bloody challenge to the DJs of the world out there. You email Harrison or myself or just Insta the band page, and if you can come up with the world's most hectic remix of one of our songs, 
um, I don't know, I'll buy you a beer or something. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, we'll, it. And then we'll give you like 70% of the rights when it goes mega famous and then we'll go sell it in China and be super famous on TikTok. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, thank Zen you Zen Monkey's plan for global domination. That's what we're all about, global domination of amazing bands like you guys. I, mm. can, I can really see Capital Theory becoming a huge TikTok song. <laughs> <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Capital Theory, we are going to play that one right now, but we just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Zen Monkey, for joining Zach and I in the Sin Studios. It's been a pleasure to chat. Uh, we can't wait to get down to your gig, and we hope to see all of you listeners there. Last and final thing, can I please get you guys to announce this song? Um, my name's Chris, and this is Harrison from Zen Monkey, and this is the title track of our new album, Capital Theory. The Hoist, giving local music a lift on Sin. <laughs> 